say, God damn. He said, all right, all right, all right. I said, let's do a podcast. Let's sit down. Let's get a coffee. Let's just talk about one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Coffee with a sound. Got a little podcast. Grab yourself a little coffee and a podcast. Mm-hmm. So what's up, guys? We're here for Combat and Strength magazine in conjunction with the Fighters, Inc. We are privileged to welcome UFC Hall of Famer and the most influential martial artist in the world, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu legend, Mr. Hoist Gracie. Welcome. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. You? Good, good. Life is good in my world. No complaints. Oh, it looks, it looks sunny there. Yes, <laughs> it's always Thanks. sunny in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we well, we are. We've just uh, had our storms here, so yeah, we're waiting for our for our summer to come. We've just been hit by storms here in the UK. Thank Three you. Three days t- of summer, right? Three days of summer, right? Yeah, that's it. We normally get one day, one day, <laughs> one day of summer. Yeah, one day we get a little bit of hot temperature, and we're like, that'll do. We're happy <laughs> with that. Um, thank you for taking your time out to speak to us. Firstly, I'd like to ask, well, you've already just said, but how is life treating you after this crazy last two years of whatever we've all been going through? Okay, I understand there was some, there's a, there's a, a, a pandemic, there's a, something going on, there's a, a, a disease going on, but I can't live my life in fear. So I live life, like nothing ever happens. I'm living life. Is that the martial? Is that the martial artist in you? Yes, it's I can I can I can I understand this danger. So, but then again, wash your hands. Really, I always wash my hands before I eat. After I shake hands with everybody and teach a class, first thing I do is go wash my hands, and I always walk around with the alcohol gel back. Five years ago, people were like, oh, my God, Royce. Now everybody's like, really, Royce? It's like, you're ahead of time. Yes. I was always, always planning on that. It was should always. I grew up always washing my hands before I touch food. So, yeah, avoid itching my eyes and putting my fingers in my mouth. And it's common sense to me. So, But I cannot stop living life. I cannot lock myself down and live in fear. Now, you said, like... Um... We, we, like you say, you can't lock yourself and you can't, you can't be live in fear. But it, we, we're jokingly just saying, oh, that's the fighter mindset in you. Um, but has this last two years affected you at all in any way? Not at all. I have, I took a vacation. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holiday. Vacation. vacation. What even is that word? Holiday, vacation, <laughs> going away, getting yeah. on a plane. What even is that word? But I, but I live on, on vacation. I live on a holiday. I travel seven months of the year. So yes, with the pandemic, I slowed down a little bit on the travels. So it was, it felt good to be home. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that the last two years hasn't taken too much of an effect on you, um, and that you're still smiling, <laughs> as always. Not as always. Not fact whatsoever. <laughs> So it's been almost 30 years since the launch of the Ultimate Fine Championship, now known today to a lot of the public um, as the UFC. What are your memories um, from those thir- first early competitions of the UFC? Oh, man, back then, man, there was no gloves, no time limit. 
no weight division, no rules. So it was pretty raw. It was it was raw. Man, thinking today is like, my God, we were crazy back then. <laughs> Two men walk in and took it out and tell no gloves and tell somebody quit. It was like, yeah, that's barbaric thinking today, but it had to be done that way. So, so we yeah, understand. The, the early days had- was was like different um, martial arts would go off against each other, right? It was, a, it, was a martial, it was a style against a style. Today, all the fighters learn grappling. They learn stand-up part. So it became a mixed martial art. But back then, it was a one style against another. But that's a, my family always, um, we had the curiosity to find out which style is the best. Most people in the beginning were like, oh my God, the graces are arrogant. They, they're trying to prove that their style is better than the others. No, no, no. It's you say your style is the best. I say mine is the best. There's only one way to find out. Let's go because we're in a quest. We're trying to find out what works and what doesn't. You see, it's not like I was trying to put my family, trying to put down the other styles. So you guys obviously were influential and massive in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Obviously, as people call it today, BJJ. Um, do you still, as stand-up starts to become more of a fighter's fight game these days, do you still think that BJJ is more superior? Of course. Get a, get a strictly just a boxer and put him in there. He doesn't stand much of a chance to win the UFC. Now, get a grappler, a jiu-jitsu guy, put it in there. Only jiu-jitsu. He have much better chance to win the fight. So if you put a jiu-jitsu guy against the boss, that was the whole, on the beginning, put a jiu-jitsu guy against a boxer, a karate guy, it's, it's going to be a problem because it's not impossible to get in a clinch. It's not impossible. Two boxers, they get in a clinch on each other all the time. You see. Yeah, well, we've seen that quite big with um, Khabib these days. If you're speaking to the the, the newer generation, uh, how, how superior and how powerful Khabib was on top of a lot of strikers because he would just smother them. And I suppose that's the power of, of BJJ and grappling. Yes, and if you know how to, if you know the stand-up game too, man, you combine them all. It's become, that's the, the good one. So we're saying it's 30 years since the launch of the original UFC. Um, I'm only 30 now. So <laughs> it's, been, it's been going a long, long time. Um, at the time, did you think when, when um, you and your family launched it, do you think it was going to be as revolutionary as it was in the martial arts world? Or was it just, uh, let's see how it's going to go? Oh, we knew it was going to explode. It's been, this has been happening in Brazil the MMA has been happening in Brazil for a long, long time. So, but what happens in Brazil, the world doesn't know, doesn't hear about it. So that's why my brother had the idea, let's put this in America. Let's create the show. Once America find out, the whole world will find out. And that's exactly what happened. So you're saying your brother there, your family were very, 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 very uh, big in founding the UFC and they were influential in bringing that sport, like you say, not just to America, but um, to, the, to the rest of the world. 
could you give us an insight to how that came about? Again, it started in Brazil as a quest for my family to find out which style is the best. But then when my brother Horton came to America, and then I came in years later, I came to America, nobody knew about Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. So we're teaching back in the garage, private classes, every half an hour, a new student. So we teach every half an hour privates. But then Horton came across with John Millers, the producer, director for Dirty Harry and Conan the Destroyer, and came together with uh, the pay-per-view Semaphore Entertainment Group, SEG. And they all three got together and decided to make a show. It was uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's time days of, uh, of uh, uh, blood sport. So they decided, let's make the real blood sport go on. Let's, let's put it on. So that's when they create the UFC. Back then, it was an eight-man tournament. So you had to fight three fights in one night. The second UFC was a 16-man tournament. So it was four fights in one night. So the fighters would go in and have to compete more than once um, in, that, in that night. It was three fights. The first UFC was three fights in one night. Yes. Second oh. one was four fights in one night. And no weight category, no gloves. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you said at the beginning it's barbaric it was pretty barbaric these days it's we're we're really on top of um the refs jumping in as soon as something seems um and, and towards and not not okay and then you're thinking back in the day you're going in there and you're fighting three times in a night bare knuckle um <laughs> and no weight categories what's that like on a fighter's mind um is it that be killed or kill or be killed is, is that basically how you would get through something like that? I don't know about the other guys, but on my mind, I'm walking in not to lose. If I don't lose, the question is how I'm going to win the fight, how I'm going to beat my opponents. But the first thing is not knowing how to play defense. I'm already giving to them the weight advantage, and there's no gloves, no time, no time limit. Everything goes. The only thing is not allowed was eye gouging and biting. Um, so do you think you just you mentioned defense there? I know um B BJJ Brazilian Jitsu is very it's about finding that next move, but it's also finding that next move whilst defending. And it's a very to me, very a defensive um sport. Do you think that's why it's so such a big part of an MMA game? because it's so defensive, which then um, stops you taking so much damage as such? That's the idea. A lot of people don't use that way. They use it to, they want to go on the offense. That's my father's idea of jiu-jitsu, is so the weaker person, the smaller person, can defend themselves against somebody bigger and stronger. Not that we're going to beat somebody bigger and stronger. We're going to defend ourselves against somebody big and strong. But of course, there's so many fighters out there today that learn jiu-jitsu. They got the physique. They got the size. And sometimes they're even bigger than their opponent. So they use the, the, the strength. They use the physique to dominate the opponent. Not just, instead, just play defense. 
you think that's why in the, in like in the last five years, um, it, BJJ has grown out of people who aren't just thinking of going into MMA or actual combat sport? They're doing it as hobbies and stuff uh, and those type of things. Do you think that's why it's grown so much? Is because people are learning, wanting to learn to defend themselves. It's exactly because it's a. Uh, uh... It gives you the chance to defend yourself against somebody bigger. So boxing, for instance, yes, you can be a great striker, but put a lightweight boxer to fight against a heavyweight, he doesn't stand a chance. In jiu-jitsu, it you, it's not who is bigger, who is stronger, who have the best technique. So it can be a smaller person, but he would defeat somebody much bigger. It's a very smart game, isn't it, BJJ? It's very smart. Um, I, I have I had a I had a go at it. Um, still do it when I can, when I get some time. And it's a very smart game of, like you say, having to defend whilst being attacked, um, but then thinking of also not just your next move, your move two moves ahead. Um, and you have to be very smart. You you can't you can't just go in there with no game plan or uh, anything like that. You did mention um, the shows. Now, how important um, to the growth of the UFC was the Gracie challenges um, and the Gracie in action video? By the way, you don't have to be smart. You just got to know what you're doing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. I, I, I thought you were going to answer. And I was like, I don't know who's answering or just stretching. <laughs> Go Does ahead. Answer. Have to be smart? If you depend on smart jiu-jitsu, sorry, I failed that. <laughs> you just got to know what you're doing. It's a, yes, I think I understand what you're trying to say, that being smart is you're trying to, you're learning how to defend yourself. And at the same time, you're trying to subdue your opponent. There's a matter, you don't, you're not relying on strength, you're not relying on speed. It's pure leverage and technique. So, but yes, um, the Gracie in actions, the, the fights that we did before the UFC, it was almost like a tryout. You see, again, my family was on a quest. So guys would come in at the academy and do a tryout. So we film it and see against different styles. But then it became bigger than that. The vision that my brother had was to spread out all over the world. The only way to do that is put in American TV, the whole world, the whole world will see it. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. Um, now, back in your day, obviously, as it was growing and you going through your sport, you competed in not only the UFC, but also you fought in uh, pride fighting. You had some big rivalries. Now I'm going to try and say these names, right? Um, you had some big rivalries like Ken Shamrock and Kazushi Sakuraba. Sakuraba. Um, Sakuraba. How do you feel about those fighters now? Because obviously back in your day, it was big. Um, you, had, you had the rivalries, but I feel back in the day, they were real rivalries. They weren't TV appearances to, to sell a fight. They were real rivalries. So how do you feel about those today? About the rivalry or about them? About Ask them. Ask me the question. About them. About Sorry. them. I don't care about them. They're my enemies. So you, so you still, so you still have that rivalry in mind that 
how you felt back then. They, they walk in the cages to try to beat me up. There's no friendship on this game. Sorry. I cannot be friends with a guy that's trying to beat me. So how do you feel now seeing it these days when a lot of it is you need to sell these pay-per-views, you need to sell these views, and you see them shaking hands and hugging outside of like straight after a press conference where they've just been falling out and giving it all the talk and showing that it's a rivalry, but it's not actually a rivalry. Does that, does that anger you in any way? doesn't bother me at all. They do what they got to do to sell the fight. So it doesn't, if that's some, but most of the times they, it's for real. Most of the times are for real, even though they shake hands afterwards. Okay. Let's all see in the cage, but they're not holding back. The rivalry is still there. So your family has forged uh, the path for the modern day Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, like you keep saying, they 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 had this quest and they have they, they have done what they set out to do. How do you see BJJ developing and growing as a martial art changes and evolves for itself? So how do you see it changing even further from let's say today? What change is the training method, the food, the diet, how to lose weight, uh, the new style of gi, uh, new jump rope. That changes. A strategy. That is new. But an arm lock is an arm lock. A right hand punch is a right hand punch. Back on Muhammad Ali's day or Pacquiao's day. You see, an uppercut's an uppercut. There's no other way to throw an uppercut. But the way you set it up is personal. Everybody has that different way. Uh, Muhammad Ali will set up an uppercut totally different than Pacquiao set it up our uppercut. But it's still an uppercut. You see, so strategy changes, the technology changes, you can, um, the, the food is better, and everything gets better. But on the end of the day, a choke is a choke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the sport stays the same, um, but the preparation moves with time, like, like a lot of other things. Um, so lastly, um, as Joe mentioned, it's coming up to the 25-year anniversary since Joe and Paul established the Fighters, Inc. brand. Um, could you give us a couple of memories that you've had with those guys? Because um, I know it goes way back um, through the years. Could you give us a few memories through the years? I was there from the beginning, man, all of them. And thanks to them to continue. I mean, to, to I mean, okay. It was a quest to find out for my family which style of martial arts is the best. But then we, without guys like Joe and, and the different shows and finding new athletes, if this stuff only stayed in America, we would never had a champion from England. So, but thanks to the shows in England, they come up and they, they find new talents you see, to bring it up. And same thing happened in Brazil. There's so many talented guys in Brazil. But if there's not a show in Brazil, America pretty much took over the UFC and Bellator. So we'll never find the talents from Brazil. But thanks for the local guys that come up and have the, the vision to invest on this and bringing new talents and new fighters. And hopefully one day, you see, 
they'll be the champion for on that league and they'll call enough attention. So we got a champion from England. Hey. <laughs> so you your um what memories do you have of uh, Joe and Paul though? So you, you thank them for what they've done for the sport and they've carried on uh, your family's legacy and, and, and the drive that they had to do what they wanted to do. And you probably see your, your family in them. Um, what memories do you have of those memories years? Is Joe choking me out, man. I want to forget <laughs> that. <man. laughs> you don't ever forget things like that, do you? <laughs> I want to forget that. It's like the memories are more of an outside going to dinners and hanging out than, than at the shows, you see, it's the whole life together. Just making memories. Um, well, I'd like to thank you uh, for joining us um, with this collaboration um, for UFC Combat Sport and Strength Magazine and Fighters Inc. Um, I'd also like to thank you and your family um, for coming up with the UFC and driving it for so long because like I say I'm only 30 I found the UFC 15 <laughs> years ago and uh, I can't stop watching it I can't stop being involved in it um so yeah thank you f- to you and your family and then also thank you for joining us today um to thank share you. your wisdom thank you <laughs> thank you Hoist. <laughs>